Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Wake up! Wake up! Mike Mulligan. Bears, 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 bears. Football, football, football. You know what? I'd like to say you're wrong, Molly, but you're not wrong very often. David Haw. That was one of the best questions you've ever asked. Yeah, I'm sure it's going to get an answer just as good. Chicago Sports Talk for your morning on 670 The Score. In this ballgame, it's over. Final score, Suns 125 and the Bulls 104. As the Bulls now get ready for the Pacers on Sunday afternoon. Still got to take it one game at a time, you know. Not worry about Indiana next. You know, we gotta we gotta catch a rhythm here. You know, we can't look at the whole spectrum of it. We gotta take care of Sunday now. Drop this one. Sunday is an important game. You know, we we need it. Then after we take care of that, we figure out what's next. We're down to the final seven seconds. Halliburton creating. Halliburton top side three. Got it! My. Halliburton was gonna give it up and he nails a top side three. Sideline right. It played a boot. Turn around jumper right side for three. Hit right rim. No ball game over. Indiana wins it 125. 120. Start your mornings with Mully and Hawk, 5.30 till 10 a.m. Are you surprised you guys are in this position with 17 left to play? Yeah, I'm definitely surprised. On 670, the score. You're seven games below 500, and you're now in the 12th spot. We, I, I mean, I never, ever would have thought this would be the case. Let's go. Mully and Hawk, Chicago Sports Radio, 670, the score. Well... I guess it's kind of March Madness, is that it? The 6th of March sees the Chicago Bulls right back where they were before they hit the All-Star break. It's like they just went through a six-game losing streak. That's what it felt like over the weekend. Morning, Mully. Yeah, you know, the P-Bev effect only lasted so long. Two games? A couple games, a couple good, intense efforts, and then... I think the Bulls are back to normal. Yesterday, very frustrating day watching them lose to the Pacers. I understand Friday night a little bit more, even though any time that they wanted to realize that Chris Paul can actually shoot the three-pointer would have been a good suggestion at some point to guard him. But that's a good team. That's a good team. And we saw yesterday on national television how good the Suns are with Kevin Durant. They beat the Mavs. That's right. And so that is understandable, even acceptable. But yesterday wasn't. Yesterday was more of the same, and when – Tyrese Halliburton hit from the logo nearly. That's a clutch shot. You give him credit, but the Bulls put themselves in that situation by not offensively rebounding or allowing too many offensive rebounds and turning the ball over too often. I I don't know when it was. Maybe it was, I don't know, four or five minutes left in the the first half 
when uh, when you saw the and maybe it was closer to four minutes left, whatever. They hit sixty, and I thought, oh, how are they going to keep them below ninety if they've gotten sixty with time left here in the first half? <laughs> well, you know, like the old defensive push, all that stuff. Whatever happened to that? I guess Wasn't it was short lived. It, yeah. it very much the the Patrick Beverly Ooh. bounce for a couple games, and then reverted yeah. to form. You know, the Pacers take a lot of three-point shots and they hit a lot in the first half. And the Bulls, you know, when you're trading twos for threes, it is yeah. the story of the season. It is. It will help explain what happened to the Bulls at the end of this year about why they're on the outside looking in. It seems like you could make the mathematical argument about the play-in games and, and the postseason, but it really realistically doesn't look good. doesn't look good at all. And they're, uh, they're off till Wednesday. And it just... Thank you. It's great that they'll be on Wednesday, and you can hear the game right here on the score, 7.45 for the pregame. But you kind of think also, like, can't they get another all-star break? Couldn't they get another redo of the trade deadline? I don't know. Something where something could happen where you wouldn't feel like the season. So I, I guess, you know, Call up Tankathon, David, your favorite site. Well, Let's find I, out I where they're I hate at. to even mention that because I know the odds right now are greater that they have a better chance of getting the number one overall pick than they do of, of making the playoffs. I, I have to look at the numbers, but that is what the, the tweets indicate and certainly the record suggests. So it is a very grim reality right now for the Bulls. They play again Wednesday. Thank you for the warning. I think now we begin to, as basketball fans, maybe shift our attention a little bit, uh, maybe a, a tad toward March Madness. I, Big Ten tournament in town this week. I know that doesn't move the needle for a lot of people. Selection Sunday right around the corner. I know that's sort of like, oh, yeah, college basketball. But I don't know that our hoops choices are any better than that. Bears on the clock. Okay. Is there we go. Better? Are their choices better? <laughs> Thank God you didn't pivot next to the White Sox. We'll get to them. No, no. But the Bears. Yeah. yeah. The Bears on the break. clock. The Bears at the draft, at the combine. Very interesting stuff from Ryan Poles to Peter King. Very good stuff. And Football Morning in America on on the uh, internet, if you want to check that out. Ryan Poles, man of the hour at the NFL Combine. A lot happened. We'll talk about the workouts, but the Bears on the clock still. Big story, big deal, big possibility. I made a round of calls yesterday, talked to a bunch of people as they were, you know, kind of, Clear in town, or uh, it doesn't really clear for a while, but uh, in town. But it was very interesting because I'm not sure this thing is setting up in quite the fashion that the Bears might have hoped. And I'm very curious to see uh, if you're hearing the same stuff I'm hearing because basically C.J. Stroud had like a had a good weekend for himself, and by all accounts. He's one of the guys that is kind of moving up a little bit. Now, uh, Anthony Richardson had some great workouts, great numbers. You're going to have to wait and see his workout at the school before you can confirm that he's definitely on the rise. Um, Will Levis is a guy that has worked out. I guess the problem that teams are having – that I've been told is that so many of these guys are doing pretty well for themselves. There still isn't the consensus number one guy. 
And some of these teams that might be wanting to get up to get a quarterback might also be willing to be a bit patient about it and see if the guy they like could hit them rather than go up and get one of these guys. Yeah, you see what I'm saying? Yeah, a, I do see what you're saying. It's a distinct possibility. It's, it's a crowded quarterback yes. room in terms of top prospects. Without clarity but as to who the number one guy you is. You could rearrange the order, and nobody's going to have too big of a problem with it. I only talked to a couple people, one on Saturday, one on Sunday. And yeah. and just to get an impression about what exactly this, this uh, breakout physical session from Anthony Richardson right. Who, who ran a 4-4-3 and he jumped to the moon yes. and set all these records. And you know what? We have to remember when we look at these headlines and you're watching it on the NFL Network, as I was reminded, that this is a quarterback. This, well, isn't, that, this isn't a cornerback. Yeah, that's this isn't a defensive told. end. You still don't know. What's the value of a long jump? I, He's had the greatest long jump ever by a quarterback. So? Exactly. I mean, that's the thing. Is, that's the problem. As it was asked to me, does it help him? you know, anticipate a receiver coming out of a break any earlier? Does it give him any more seasoning than he requires after one season as a starter? Can you use that short yardage is what I was asked. <laughs> well, the, 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 long, uh, the long jump. I, well, it was pretty funny. Not unless they're – especially if they unless outlaw there's no the, one there. the tush-push. Yeah, exactly. You know, who knows what's the future I, is there? there? Is there sand in the middle of the field? But your point's well taken in that when you talk about how it relates to the Bears – Anthony Richardson becoming now the second odds-on favorite by a lot of uh, uh, you know sports yep. books to go number one is a little misleading, I think, because I don't think it reflects the football perspective on this. I think of the of the quarterbacks, and again, small sample size. I've talked to more people and see how this this fleshes out. I think C.J. Stroud may have helped himself as much as any quarterback That's in Indy. What I was told because of the way he threw, because of how fluid he looked. And because of the way that projects into being somebody who has the size, has the fluidity, and has the the experience, um, that he's more likely to be somebody you could project immediate success. He might be the more NFL ready. Now, Bryce Young impressed people at the board in the interviews, right. that kind of thing. And he weighed he weighed two oh five. He's sturdy. Yeah, he's Kyler Murray ish. That size wise, yeah. But Richardson, couple pounds lighter than Richardson guys. and Levis, yeah. still kind of you know athletic. That that's their strongest suit. But when you have four quarterbacks, do you really have one that has emerged as the guy? And I think that what you're getting to is that the answer to that would be no. Right? Does that help or hurt the Bears overall if they're trying to increase the value of that number one overall selection? So I understand what you're saying. I get where you're coming and, from. You know, again, I, I think it's very interesting that they're still talking about trading the pick before the draft, and that kind of scares me, frankly. That like, Don't play a game of hot potato with this thing. See if anybody emerges. The way it was told to me is that for Richardson, the, you know, the numbers are through the roof and everybody knows it, but everybody expected it. Nobody was surprised at any of those numbers. And, you know, he it's awesome that he can run like that, but – Again, it's going to come down to, for him, his accuracy when he throws on the day. Can he make every throw? That is still a question, and that wasn't answered at the combine. Well, I think that's that's true. Uh, I I don't worry so much about the Bears making a trade before free agency as long as and provided they make it on the first day of the league year when you can, if you make a trade, you can get an additional draft first-round draft pick uh, I think for 
2025, right? And then if you wait until draft day, it can be 2026 is how far out you can go. And why is that significant? Because uh, you you want to, as we hear, you look at the interview and read this morning coming uh, after we got here. Yes. Peter King interviewed Ryan Poles in his hotel room, and Ryan Poles seemed very confident about being able to make the, a trade and getting two number ones if he trades down. Now, yeah. the only matter, it sounds like, is when, not if. And that's why there are a little bit of specifics you pay attention to about when the trade is made. You know, do you, can you get a, a future first as opposed to, you know, getting loading up this year? And I think it sounds like Ryan Poles wants to be a guy with two, two, two ones for the next two years. Yes. And I, I, I could see why. Now, if that means trading now to get set for that, okay. I think what we both are wanting the Bears to try to avoid is including a player just for the sake of getting somebody that you don't have – a position where you don't have to address in free agency. DeForest Buckner from the Colts. Yes. Um, a wide receiver from somebody else. Guys who may not be on the same clock as your growth of your organization with their own yes. personal careers. Yeah. I. You know, that's an interesting name, and, and I've heard that mentioned quite a bit. Here's the problem is that I think he's about to be 29. Is he 20, 28, 29? A lot of miles on those tires. By the time you're good, how old is he? Are, are you now in kind of a Khalil Mack situation where you want to trade a guy because, you know, you just don't know if he age-wise is going to fit you in terms of when you're going to be in contention. The Forrest Buckner he's a turns player. 29 years old on St. Patrick's Day, okay, which is Friday. That's what it is. Yeah. Yeah. So that's that means that, you know, by the time you make the playoffs, he's in his thirties, which the guy's a hell of a player. So it's a week from Friday. It's a week from Friday. I'm, I'm as excited about St. Patrick's Day as every town in in the area, every Justin, municipality. Justin, everybody having a parade. Did you, Dustin, did you have your fill of green beer in Elmhurst? On uh... fill of beer, but I did not have any green beer. Oh, Elmhurst, Tinley Park. When did St. Patrick's Day become a season? I think it's the race to get people to come. And I think that you don't want to be up against the big parade downtown. I mean, come on. And you don't want to be South up. Southside. Right? The Southside Parade is next weekend. Is that right? I think they're usually right at St. Patrick's. Oh, they Everybody are. wants to avoid them. Yeah. That I, parade. Yeah. The moment. I, I get the, the Shamrock Shake. I'm a, I'm, I love the Shamrock Shake. But this Have you is, had one? Not yet. <laughs> so it's not the season. <laughs> well, but it, it's available. Somebody I talked to the week had had a Shamrock Shake and said it was delicious because I was going on this little mini I, I rant. Again, I don't understand. Are they minty? Well, I would imagine. Yeah, I mean, Shamrock Shakes. Are, I, have you ever had one? Yes. But not in like, like five I think, years? I think we actually, I think I actually, the last time I had one, I had part of one was here. I believe the fine folks at McDonald's actually brought some Shamrock Look Shakes to the studio. When's the last time you paid for one? Yeah, there you go. That's a better. I have to ask my kids. <laughs> yeah, anyway, he paid for one. I, for I don't want to get off topic. I just this St. Patrick's Day season seems a bit uh, much for me. DeForest Buckner turns twenty nine on St. Patrick's Day. Your point is well taken. He's on. He's about to be on the wrong side of thirty once the Bears are respectable. Why would you include him in a trade? I don't know if I like that idea. If it's included in the trade for the number one, if you want to get DeForest Buckner and you want to give up. Uh, Whatever it would take, what, fourth round, fifth round? Exactly. Go ahead. But don't include this 
don't mix your markets. Don't confuse well, the, the, I mean, what you're getting for the number one pick, what its value is. You know, there were rumors that, that he may be a buyout candidate. So wait. So why would you rush in and make that deal? I, I'm just saying, I, I don't know. I don't know what they're going to do. I don't necessarily like the idea. If they want to get draft picks and they want to get it done, that's fine. But I wouldn't play hot potato with the number one overall draft pick. I don't think that they're going to. I really don't. I think a lot of this rhetoric is is either intentional you know, okay. or the it, other thing because, is only because I think it would be so short sighted. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> the other thing is, like, again, I know that you want the blue chip player out of the draft and you want a couple of them, but if you were willing to late to draft later, and I'm talking eight nine, right, uh, Vegas or. Uh, or Carolina, you might get more. You might really load the coffers if well, you did that. That's what you have to watch is because I do really think that your best value might come from a team like the Panthers who are motivated to move up to that position, yeah. to have some flexibility, to take the quarterback of their choice and liking, and that would cost them more to do, and it might exactly. be in your best interest to to wait for that deal to accumulate future firsts from the Panthers and and go at it from that direction. I, I, do when do you need to do that? If you do that, depends on how many players you evaluate as being blue or worthy of your first round pick. You is nine too low? If you have six players that you think that you could live with if you draft, I don't know. That might be. So then you get back into the Colts conversation, or maybe the Seahawks have, have entered the picture. A lot of different possibilities. Some teams we haven't even maybe spent a lot of time considering right. are might be right in the middle of, of Very the interesting. Mix. Very interesting to think about. Um, we have to get to the White Sox. But before we do, how about a little moment of happiness? We have a couple of different texters independently uh, recommending the Oreo Shamrock McFlurry. Hmm. Now, just so you know, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be forthright about this. I've never had a McFlurry. I don't even I'm not even sure what it is, but the idea of kind of having something in a drink mm-hmm. doesn't appeal to me at all. What do you mean? I don't want chunks. Of what do you mean? Stuff. Oh, no, come on! I don't want some chunks you, of you, cookie in my drink. You don't really know it's what really you're missing. It's really not a there. drink, though. It, it's more. It's like a dessert. It's like a. It's a Sunday. Are, are a you cup. telling me then you? So have... it's a Sunday. It's like it's not. Well, a... When you go McFlurry, McFlurry is not really a drink, in my opinion. I've it's never a dessert. Had one. It's, it's a, a dessert. dessert. It's a delicious dessert. Now look, have you tell? Are you telling me you've never had a, a a Blizzard from Dairy Queen? Never. Oh my gosh! If I mentioned yet, you just blew my mind. Uh, maybe I'll maybe I'll tell you about it. Like, okay, I don't mind having like a Bloody Mary with a piece of salami in it. Okay, because that's different. I can take that's, it out and eat totally it. Totally different. I know, but that's the, the same concept. Generally speaking, I don't want you know other than maybe a couple of olives in a martini. I don't want food in my drink. Well, let, let me tell you this: you don't know what you're missing because the Oreo Blizzard or the McFlurry with Oreo, it is just I I have I miss them. I haven't I haven't eaten them in a long time now because when I went off the wow. Blizzard, I was having way too many blizzards, and especially in the summertime. They can be very, very tempting after, uh, you know, uh, a long a, run, a, a long run, candy. a good dinner. And then you're like, oh, next thing you know, I don't know how I ended up in the drive through line at, at Dairy Queen, but there I am again. I'll have, you know, the Oreo blizzard. 
again. When I was a kid, we had a Tasty Freeze in the neighborhood. I've never been to Dairy Queen in my life. Uh, Never have been there. That's not. I'm not. That's not. I'm not making that up. (sighs) We go way back, Dairy Queen, in in the Hoff family. My brother was a Dairy Queen man. Did he work? Driving around the the cart in our little small town. He with the music and the. Did he really? uh, Yes, he did. We used and we used to have the damaged dilly bars. And Buster bars that would come in like, oh, gosh, you know, that box was dropped or whatever. We would keep it in our freezer. They would give them away to us. And I grew up on eating damaged Buster bars my entire childhood. That's a good show. Well, at least for a couple of years. Have you ever seen the movie Ishtar? There's a, there's a scene in that movie where the guy is driving an ice cream truck. And he's, he's like a songwriter, but he's not really. He's not a very good songwriter. And he's got the bell, and he's like chunk. Kiss. He's trying to write a song using the bell, and there's like just tons of little kids running next to the truck as he's trying to work. Like he doesn't stop or sell any ice cream. He's just using the bell to help him write a song. It's, it's hysterical. <laughs> well, it's it's an it's a song that you can still hear. I can still hear in my head over and over and over again. Now I'm gonna have to get it out of my head because for two summers he was the Dairy Queen man, and we loved. Every day that he was, it was awesome. Oh God, that is pretty cool. Yeah, I mean, that would be fun. To, so I, you know, there was I, nothing like an ice cream truck. I lived on a dead end street. They didn't come very often, but when they did, there were just people running from houses. Exactly. And there were robberies at the truck. <laughs> no, everybody can relate to that feeling. Yeah. Everybody had an ice cream Super man in their exciting. neighborhood. I think you know, it was fun. Those were the days. Anyway, so I am a little bit of a Dairy Queen expert. Yeah, that's pretty good. And I think that you have missed out on an you you've know never what? had a I blizzard. Mean, you don't know what is, you're missing. I mean, I'm not starting now. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. I've been through those years where I should have had one, and it's not happening and not a chance. It just, it's too late. I missed it. It happens. It's just it can't be, it can't be all that good for you. I, I'm just being honest. I, I know it's not. Right. And that's why I have tried to limit and curb my – uh, but your instinct is to have one. Oh, my instinct, my des—it's uh, your desire. It's a huge, strong desire in the summertime that gets me, starting around eh, Mayish. So I got a couple months to prepare my willpower. Yeah, post dinner willpower. Yeah, um, yeah. I, it's mercifully, I am. Uh, I I don't like chunks of things and drinks, so it, it does prevent me. I like. I just give me a. Normal drink without any, you don't have to pour candy in it. And Like I said, if you had like an olive and a martini. Well, let me ask you this. A little you, blue cheese. It'd be fine. Olive. How about a taffy apple martini with a couple of slices of apple in? Uh, not, uh, too sweet for a booze drink. It's a good dessert. It's a good dessert martini. Yeah, I did not realize. What we're learning this morning is David Haw has a real sweet tooth. A little yes, bit. A little that's bit. true. Yeah. That's, that surprises it's, me. I don't, I, it sometimes gets catches me off guard too, pal. Yeah, that's great. The 708 or texture, though. David a McFlurry comes with a straw. It doesn't come with a straw. It comes with a spoon. So it, oh. it kind of takes it out of the drink category. Okay. Oh, yeah. You can't have a McFlurry with a straw. Yeah. No way. Right. So it, it, what his, it, the point is, is it's not really a drink. Shamrock Shake is a drink, but it moves into a McFlurry. I think if you put you something in a cup, you, you in leave it. the impression it's a drink. They shouldn't put it in a cup. They should put it in a bowl. Here we go. Here we go. Stand up and declare. <laughs> I don't know if McDonald's has a bowl. They need to get a bowl. They need to invest I tell in a you bowl. What, they should get like a um, like a, a a baseball cap, like turned upside down. Listen, bowl. 
I'll talk Those about are Those ice are cream cool. drinks and martinis all morning long if it means we don't have to get to Mike Clevenger, okay? Yeah, no, we'll have to get to him. Okay. And we'll get to him. We'll probably get to him first in the, all right. uh, in let's, the Let's do that. I don't think either of us really want to talk about it, but we are obliged to. I, I get that. And, totally. Uh, and we're going to. And yep. I'm sure we'll have strong opinions on the whole thing. But can I tell you about my taffy apple martini? Please. Okay. It's a much better It subject. was delicious. <laughs> I, you know what? I could talk martinis all day, but uh, as well as drink them. What about a dirty martini? Are I'm good with that. that? That's I, good mostly stuff. kind yeah. of pre-dinner or with oh, dinner. Oh yeah, pre-dinner. I'm talking about the sweet stuff you like to. I, I prefer after. after dinner. It's more of a dessert, okay. so you you, can yeah. st- you stay away from the tiramisu, a key lime pie. Thank you very much, but no, I'll have the martini. I'll have the sweet yeah, martini. I like that. You know, take that key lime pie. Take that key lime pie. Throw vodka in it yeah. and mix it up mix and it throw up. it in a glass. It's delicious. <laughs> it is delicious. <laughs> oh, it's hysterical. All right, we've got the pick six next. We're going to get to the horrible stories of the day, of the weekend. It's Mully and Haw at Chicago Sports Radio, 6-7 of score. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other other leading commerce platforms and sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. and Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24/7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast we really need new phones t-mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iphone 15s and each line is only 25 dollars a month new iphone 15s it's better over here. only at t-mobile get four iphone 15s on us and four lines for 25 bucks per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. 
It's Pick 6 with Mully and Haw, where we debate the top six sports stories of the day and then open it up to you, the Chicago sports fan. Call us at 312-644-6767, or you can tweet your thoughts at Mully Haw. Pick 6 with Mully and Haw starts now. Any real surprise that MLB announced the conclusion of its investigation into the domestic violence, child abuse charges against Mike Clevenger and have announced no disciplinary measure will be taken. Did that fall in line with the way the White Sox have handled it at every turn? And what do you make of Clevenger agreeing to comply with evaluation from MLBPA and MLB Joint Treatment Boards and vowed to comply with any recommendation of treatment? How about the Sox saying they accept the conclusion and they won't be commenting on the matter? So that's it then. Oh, yeah, that's apparently it. And don't ask. Don't look and don't tell. Don't say anything. We don't want you to respond in any fashion. And uh, and that's their uh, fifth starter. I, I think the very fact, the way they've handled this all along has been, it, is it's a normal issue and we'll see what happens. Well, now we know what's happened. And um, I believe he did get a B-game appearance yesterday. So that's the first time he's been on the mound. He's been kind of in the backfields, right? They have kind of tried to keep a low profile on this. But I would imagine that Mike Clevenger is going to be the fifth starter for the White Sox. I would imagine the White Sox have known that for some time, the way that they have uh, handled everything. It's been with the kind of, well, MLB is going to make all the decisions, MLB. They haven't complained that no one told them that there was an issue to begin with. They've just sort of said that the process is they have to follow what happens with MLB. There's nothing they can do. It has nothing to do with them. It's just what ML, whatever MLB says. So, you know, um, isn't Bauer, like, cleared now by MLB? So can you sign him too, right? Is there anything to prevent that? Is it different because you didn't know about it? He served a suspension. Yeah. So I guess they found something he had done that violated the policy. So it was different than I than guess this that makes situation. him different. Okay. But you're you're right in saying that he is available for a team that has made some moral compromises if they feel like Trevor Bauer would be in the best interest of their baseball team. Yeah. Okay. So Clevenger has agreed to comply with the evaluation from MLBPA and MLB Joint Treatment Boards and vowed to comply with any recommended treatment. I guess that that's the next step in this. I think you have to say, okay, so he agreed to that, which is maybe agreeing to maybe I didn't do everything that I was supposed to do. Otherwise, why would I agree to that? Maybe maybe I looked in the mirror during all of this and realized that there are some things I could do to make myself a better person. Um, I can't believe I'm going to be the one defending the White Sox here. But, I mean, we learned from our guest that it really was an MLB decision. Like, if they if the Sox would have done what a lot of people wanted the Sox to do, MLB would not have been happy with the Sox for doing that, which was getting rid of him. Okay? Do you think the Sox did their own investigation? I, I No, I would hope no, so, but no. I don't think so. Do you think they should right now? No. Why? I mean, should they? Sure, but will okay, they? I know. just curious. Yeah. I mean, they, I, now it's, I, they're not going to answer that question, right. and I just wonder if it's a fair one. Uh, not, I think it's a fair question. They're not answering any question. Is it a fair question? They're not answering. I, 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 know, I know that, Counselor. Do you, is that a fair question? Because, look, this is the way I, I feel about this. Thing, I think it's open season on all questions. I, I, I just think that they can c- continue to flamingo the whole thing. They're right? not going to. This is the guy they're going to trot out there every fifth day proudly. Because now what? Now he represents the organization, okay? 
This is your representative every fifth day. This is the guy that you signed to, to pitch in your starting rotation. Congratulations. But are they curious to find out? Proving and investigating domestic violence accusations and allegations, very tricky, very delicate. And I don't want to sit here and say that I know everything that went into it, and I think we have to respect the findings or what Major League Baseball's investigation didn't find, and we will. And we'll view this as a strictly a baseball equation because that's what the White Sox want us to do. They're not talking about it. They're not defending him. They're not saying anything because they want this to go away. Okay, maybe it will. And maybe he will be the exemplary citizen that they claim that he can be. I'm not there yet. Okay? I will look at him as a pitcher, period. But I am skeptical about what to expect from him moving forward in terms of being you know, a guy that is easy to support, or keep an open mind because they found nothing in their investigation. But I would be very curious if I'm the White Sox, now that you have more uh, autonomy to do what you want, I'd be very curious to find out for myself what Major League Baseball, because th- this didn't just c- come out of nowhere. Not one woman, not several women who allege similar things. I would want to know from my own peace of mind if I'm Rick Hahn, Kenny Williams, or Jerry Reinsdorf. I've just been blessed to be part of really great environments and really great people who let me ask stupid questions all the time. I mean, I'm hopeful that everyone here lets me ask stupid questions too. That's the voice of the Cubs general manager, Carter Hawkins. will be with you guys at 9 o'clock this morning right here on The Score. Where are you with the Cubs throwing their first ever spring training no-hitter in franchise history? Does it portend to greatness to come in the regular season, or is it comparatively meaningless accomplishment? With seven pitchers, no-hitters become the wave of the future. <laughs> the sarcasm is dripping off this question. Every single word who wrote it. Look, seven pitchers... 17 pitchers. Bottom line is Manny Machado and the Padres, nada, zilch. They didn't get a hit. That's good. That's progress. It was the first time in franchise history. Anytime you do something for the first time in franchise history, I think it is worthy of of a celebration or at least doesn't deserve the mockery that this question implies. The best part about this for the Cubs wasn't that it was seven pitchers, wasn't that it came against the Padres, is that Justin Steele, Pitched two innings of the first two innings of this no-hitter and was sharp, was comfortable, and didn't report any soreness that we're aware of afterward. He's got to be the guy in the rotation. So, yeah, it is only spring training. I was surprised it was the first one in team history, but it's fun because they followed it up with a shutout on Saturday. So the pitching is looking like it could be a good thing for the Cubs. Well, the Cubs starting pitching has been really good up until maybe yesterday, and Smiley wasn't that bad, but it kind of sticks out a little bit more because how good they have been. I think to answer the question, it's somewhere in the middle. I mean, I know I made fun of a Cubs combined no-hitter last year. It's not a combined. There's no such thing as a combined no-hitter. But in spring training, there is because there's a plan, and the plan is guys pitch Two innings, two innings, and then you start getting into your bullpen, and it's one, and it's one, and it's one. So kind of cool, kind of a cool accomplishment. But does it mean anything for the regular season? It doesn't mean greatness, but they are the, the, the starters, for the most part, are doing their jobs against the other team's starters for the first three innings of spring training baseball. So somewhere in the middle.
Yeah, I, I think it's great. I think it's a, an admirable uh, result. I, I think that you could turn it into sort of a modern musical, like Seven Brides for Seven Brothers with seven pitchers on, on the uh, no-hitter. And then... <laughs> arm and arm. Yeah, everybody dancing and log spinning or whatever the hell they did back in <laughs> in the Oregon days. I don't know. In uniform. And, uh, yeah, yeah. But, but yeah, yeah you got so you got like damn Yankees, yeah. you know. You gotta have a no hitter. I, you know, I think it's there's just a lot of potential. A lot of it's a crazy man. result. I mean, it's it never happened. It's nuts. It's uh, it's absolutely insane. But what the hell? Have fun with that. I think it's great that they did it. But I also think you gotta wonder what the heck's going on with the Padres. How could they not hit anyone? There's usually, a Broadway producer in there somewhere, isn't there? But isn't there usually someone? That is going to get a hit against, or some pitcher that's working on something, or hey, you're gonna, wait, do you see this one? You're not going to believe. In and the seventh inning, you'd think some scrappy exactly. second baseman would, would scratch out a yeah. single. Is, is it, are they so good with so many frontline stars and potential MVPs on that roster that no one's even trying in spring training? <laughs> All those guys will do it during the regular season. But it's a, it's a great result. Well, no, that's a good question. Where are we with the Bulls after two weekend losses? Give respect to Kevin Durant, led Suns and Pacers, got that clutch shot for Tyrese Halliburton to win on Sunday, or the Bulls are who we thought they were? Yeah, I think um, it's uh, the Bulls being exactly who we thought they were. The Bulls have underachieved all year, and they are back to where they started after the break. This is uh, pre-Patrick Beverly. Uh, place and you know you can lose to the Phoenix Suns it happens right but you can't lose to the Pacers again you can't lose the season series to the Pacers you can't you can't have whatever that was that you called defense at the stadium in front of your home crowd I, I think you I think they should be embarrassed by the result quite frankly and I think that um that it's you know tankathon let's go they are they're going nowhere, kids. They're not going anywhere. They're what are they in the twelfth seed? I'm telling you, this is beyond pathetic. So I got zero hope left for the Chicago Bulls. None. I mean, yesterday was a must win statement game and they failed on both ends of it. I, I really find them Friday statement game. Yesterday must win. Yeah, I, I mean I, I well if you call Friday a statement game they at least hung around in that game. We talked about, geez, it's weird that the Suns were somewhere between a four and a five point favorite, and what 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 was Vegas trying to tell us? And and um, I just, God, it, it ended up not being close. But in the at the end of the third quarter, it was a ball game. So maybe they 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 hung around, but uh, yeah, Sunday was just awful. This these reviews of the Bulls' competitiveness and how close they come are, are we're running out of time it's a math problem exactly. it's a math problem at this stage and now the math says that according to tankathon.com my favorite website the bulls have an 8.3 percent chance of winning the number one draft pick for Wembanyama, who by the way great story in the sports illustrated march edition on the cover boy this kid is really interesting five percent chance of making the playoffs according to 538.com you're right so the math says the Bulls are on the outside looking in, and common sense says that at the end of this season, 
as disappointing as it will be to put into context, they're going to have to do something. Uh, they're going to have to be as bold as they can, even though contractually they will be limited. You don't go through something like this and embrace the status quo. We're, it sounds like we say that all the time with teams in town because here we have another team in town that is closer to the bottom than the top. Their first-round draft pick is protected in the first four, okay? They are right now scheduled to pick sixth. If they end up picking sixth, Orlando pants them on that deal. Well, they already kind of did pants them, but this pants them even more. Pants with an exclamation point. Ugh. Yeah, I mean, I've, I've had, I had to answer this question a couple of times. At the NFL Combine, Florida quarterback Anthony Richardson set potential in positional records for vertical broad jump ran a four four three forty yard dash. How did that affect Richardson's draft stock? And will have any impact on the Bears? Any other combine performance move the needle for you? Well, I think that there was the Kalijah Kansi forty yard dash. It sounds like you talked to a couple of people, and the Pitt defensive tackle helped himself. C.J. Stroud, just in terms of his presence, his maturity as it was described, and also just the way he threw the football. He looked like a pretty polished product. Maybe the most NFL-ready among the four quarterbacks likely to go in the first round, but Anthony Richardson kind of did create the stir that he was expected to create with his outstanding underwear Olympics showing. This guy is on the podium with the gold medal at the underwear Olympics because he ran and he can jump. Now, I don't know if that means anything about his ability to read a defense, anticipate a route, and put the ball where it needs to be. But, boy, did he look good flinging 60-yard bombs. He had his Zach Wilson moment. I don't know what it means. Somebody's going to overreact to it, though. Will Levis had a couple similar moments as well, maybe not to the degree that Anthony Richardson did. The hope can be for the Bears' perspective, from the Bears' perspective, is that somebody overreacts, jumps up, and is motivated to give up whatever they can to get to that number one spot. Don't know if that's realistic or not, but I think because, as Molly pointed out before, You've got four guys, but I just don't know if you have one quarterback that set himself apart. Well, athletic quarterbacks who can throw the ball are all the buzz in the NFL, right? I mean, that that that's what teams seem to be looking for. I, I think this is only good news for the Bears. The, the, I think this makes that pick even more valuable. I think now there are arguably four quarterbacks who can go in the top six, and so many teams – are looking to improve at that position. That you win, you win in this league with a quality quarterback. That's how you do it. And you win with a quality quarterback on a rookie deal. That's also part of the equation. So I think this is all good news for the Bears. Yeah, um, I don't know how good the news is for the Bears. I, I, I as I said earlier, I'm worried that if there isn't one player and one team that's willing to do anything to get that player, that doesn't bode well. I, I worry that there, if there are three quarterbacks there and you really can't separate two of them, why not just wait and see if the second guy's available? Why not, why not see who goes first and see if, there, if you really believe there are four guys that are standout guys, why not settle on the fourth one? Why even bother getting on your horse? You want a reason for people to move up in order to maximize that uh, draft pick. And I think, as I said about uh, Richardson, phenomenal numbers, just phenomenal. And I, I think the league knew that was coming. The question now is whether he throws a, uh, an accurate pass, and that has to be evaluated. You know, there, 
there isn't a huge difference between a quarterback that can run a 4-4 and a quarterback that can run a 4-7. It's, it, it is – the difference is whether a guy can can pass and be accurate about it. And then all that athletic ability puts him into a different uh, category. But if you're deemed not a good passer, accurate passer, and maybe he is. I don't know the answer to that. But I'm just telling you what people say about it. And that's a very interesting idea. You know, you've got – you got a guy in Will Levis that that is putting up numbers like he's uh, he's a quarterback in, in Buffalo. You got um, you know Stroud looking like I, I mean literally half the people will believe that he belongs as the number one overall pick because not you got to remember not only was he accurate and do a lot of good things you know did very well in the room he played his best game in his most important game of the year last year. He might be the most predictable of the that's, four. That's right. And that's that's something to, to keep an eye on. I, I listen, you know, the Bears should be able to get a lot for this, but I I think what we're starting to see is the beginning of this momentum of players moving up the board, and that's a wonderful thing. That is yeah. such a great sidebar question. That's Mark Grody. He'll be here at seven o'clock this morning. What did you make of the Bears' first question to Texas running back? Bijan Robinson, putt putt or darts? It, it was cool. You know, it's it's a cool thing just to like go in the meeting and and feel a little loose and and not feel so tight. Do you like the idea now after a positive player reaction? Uh, there were there were a ton of positive player reactions. Let's get that straight, okay? There were a lot of players that really singled out the Bears as having. You know the best. I'm going to remember process. that more than any other interview. That's that's what everyone I know. One said. One guy said that. Yeah, a lot of guys said that. Now, you know, it is a job interview, and if you're willing to say that, hey, as long as you have fun in this process, then we're going to learn something from you. If they really believe there's value to it, then you know, God bless them. I I I don't I don't like it. I I like keeping the. You know, the seriousness of the moment, I think it's important. I like not wasting time when you only have a 15-minute interview process. I don't think the player's going to, oh, God, this is great. I feel so relaxed. I, I'm not even worried about that body I tried to hide. <laughs> I mean, I don't know what the hell it is that you're going to get. That you know, Oh, my God. Cross him off the list or move him off the list. I, I like the fact that people are talking about it. I like the fact – so word got out down there that this was going on. It wasn't like a player walked in, was surprised by it. It then filters out because, you know, every day it's another position group. Yes, Mr. David. The Bears put it on their website. Right, but I'm saying – Larry Mayer wrote about it. They were proud of this. That they're, but the players reacted to it in a positive way. We didn't hear anything negative about it. And I think that's good. You want positive vibes going on. And it, it might even, you know, a, a thing like that might even affect free agency. Okay, at the end of the day, money's going to affect free agency. But even just this little thing, just being a little bit different, kind of cool, the workplace is going to be fun. Guy, guys dig that kind of stuff, a little looser. Okay, you can fit me for the wet blanket. Because at this point of the program, it bears reminding bears. you. Bears. Okay, Dustin. And everyone else, the purpose of the job interview is not for the applicant per se. It's for the employer. I don't really care if the app, if the person has a good time. That puts him at ease. I'm evaluating him, and if he evaluates me by saying this is the coolest thing he's ever been experienced, that's a bonus. That's good. 
You don't want people coming out of there saying bad things about your organization. But <laughs> this is not, this is silly. I mean, you don't know. We, we poked fun at it last week. It's worth poking fun at. If you throw darts and, and waste time talking about uh, doing these things, putt-putt golf during a 15-minute job interview, you are asking to be sort of mocked and critiqued. And, yeah, this is not – these are draft picks. You're not – they're not picking the Bears. They're being drafted by the team that chooses them. Right. Do we know if, like, it was Ryan Poles playing darts? Who was the dart the position guy? position coach. And who was the – and who was the – I think it was the position coaches that were playing against the the prospects as they came in there. So it's not a huge deal, but I don't know that we're automatically going to say, oh, boy, you know, we feel differently about this because a couple guys really thought it was cool. Pick six. He'll take it. All right. ESPN's Emily Kaplan reported before Saturday's Blackhawks game that the Hawks made it clear to Patrick Kane that they would not be interested in him as a free agent. Part of the reasoning he approved a trade to the Rangers. How does this change the context of general manager Kyle Davidson's trading Kane for such little in return if it does? Doesn't it make Davidson's emotion seem a little disingenuous? Well, it does to me, and that was a big report by Emily Kaplan before the Rangers and the Bruins game. And, yes, I was watching after uh, inside the clubhouse. I was very curious to see what the reports would be. And it does change because – now, when Kyle Davidson is, is basically explaining how they wanted to do what was right for Patrick and, you know, he's the best player and we, we owed him this, you know what, you don't – let's not t- keep our eye off the ball here. To me, the fact that Kaner knew you didn't want to bring him back, you didn't talk extension with him, which is exactly what I would have done. You're rebuilding with – who? maybe you get Connor Bedard, maybe you don't. And even if you do, you need a mentor like Kane. He's still playing at a high level. Why didn't you go down that road? But no, you didn't because you made a determination. You're hockey analytics people or you determined whatever Kyle Davidson thought. Life in the future was not going to include Patrick Kane. So I don't know how much I want to congratulate him for doing the right thing by Patrick Kane when, in fact, he made this decision up for himself. To me, it's distracting. To me, it's he. It, this is kind of... You're, you're, you're diverting attention from what I think really should matter is that you had a GM that decided that life was better without the best player in franchise history. And to me, you're trying to change and shape this narrative in a way that is disingenuous. So, no, Kyle Davidson, I'm sorry. I love the behind-the-scenes footage. I love all the stuff from Blackhawks.com put out there. But to me, you're always going to be the GM that traded Patrick Kane. Yeah, it's very disappointing to me to hear this because I guess I may be the only person in Chicago. Well, Chris Chelios kind of brought it up, but the thought, well, hey, this is this is how you get Kane back. You let him go to where he wants to go. You don't get much in return because how do you negotiate against, you know, why would the Rangers give up a ton if, if this is the only place that Patrick Kane is willing to agree to sign? But, I mean, the follow-up, the follow-up is why are they not interested in him in free agency? Is it strictly cash? Is it just it doesn't fit? You know, why wouldn't – I mean, again, what is going to make you go to the United Center without – I mean, Patrick Kane puts rear ends in seats. I don't know that anybody else right now on that team is going to make $21 you $21 tickets for the 300 level on StubHub? That's the only way I'm going. <laughs> uh, yeah, you know, I, I really – I was annoyed to hear that, frankly. I really didn't understand – you know, I'm apparently the no fun guy. I don't like uh, 
I don't like food in my drinks, and I'm <laughs> I'm not in favor of of darts and putt putt at job interview. I guess that makes me you know. Some guy said, "What are you eighty? You know, millennials love this stuff." <laughs> oh well, that's great. Um, and I also think that millennials love being on reality TV. And is 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 uh, is that what this is about? Is is this guy just looking for his moment in the sun, calling Patrick Kane to tell him, "Hey, we got it done." You know, thanks for everything you did for the organization. What what kind of posing nonsense is this? You know, get better, get a good team, build something. Don't don't use the the fact that you've gotten rid of the best player in franchise history as some kind of content for your reality show. What a what an embarrassing turn of events for the Chicago Blackhawks. You're talking about the 13-minute video they put what out on the YouTube the channel on Saturday. You can access it through their website, and it did include things we hadn't seen before. Patrick Kane waiting outside the team hotel in San Jose the morning that he left forever and looking like he lost a puppy. I mean, this is the guy that looked like he was distraught, and they interviewed him, and then they had Kyle Davidson at the moment. He informed Kaner yeah. that – they had traded him, and Kaner thanked him for the memories, but I think that he was gracious in leaving. But it raises a lot of questions, that report does to me. It really does. Yeah, I, I, I didn't like it. And, I, you know, I don't, I don't understand what you're trying to show, like how emotional it was for you, how difficult your job is. Boo-hoo. <laughs> Boo-hoo is right. I mean, you, <laughs> you, you did this by design. Yeah, exactly. You orchestrated the, – a tank job that, that may or may not work. And the, the key th- words there are may or may not. Ugh. Yeah. All right. There you go. Let's uh, let's get to the extra point. We'll do that next. Mully and Haw on the score. Set up this extra point. It's time for the extra point with Mully and Haw on 670 The Score. What do you make of uh, Memphis guard John Morant getting a two-game suspension after flashing a gun on an Instagram Live video? Morant's 23 has faced some disturbing charges in the last couple of weeks. Could this be a turning point for the player if he takes it seriously? Well, that is the hope, and that is the need if you are in John Morant's family and inner circle, I suppose, and maybe part of his family and inner circle are part of the problem, but he has to find a solution, and hopefully this is a step in that direction. Very disturbing video that he shared. This isn't somebody that caught him uh, without him knowing, this isn't something that uh, was a voyeur or anything like that. This was John Morant proudly posing on his Instagram Live page at five in the morning, and with the with a weapon. And then he addressed it because the league uh, and the team addressed it, and he apologized and he thought that he needed to make some changes in his life, and he's got to. And it's a difficult thing for anyone who isn't in that environment and didn't doesn't have a good firsthand understanding or knowledge of what he grew up around and, and how his life may be this tug of war between what he used to be and what he is now. But what he is now is the face of that franchise and one of the brightest young stars in the NBA. And life does change, and the expectations and standards have, have got to be different now. And he has to understand that and embrace that. And I think this could be a pivot point in his career. This could be what maybe makes him and helps him realize just what is at stake and how he can't be irresponsible and, and how powerful images can be and the good he can do. But he's got to change some of his behavior. He's got to distance himself from some of the things in his life that he's used to and comfortable around. 
that's easier said than done. But we can all hope for John Morant to to take this as an opportunity to improve himself and to make things better because he is definitely one of the greatest players in the league right now. He's made a handful of really poor choices, and I think each one kind of piles on top of the other and has kind of a multiplying effect. If anything, for anybody out there, just another warning, just be really careful what you do on social media. And if you're lucky enough to have a good relationship with your mother, your grandmother, a godmother, if what you're doing on social media would embarrass them, then don't do it. That's just a general rule of thumb. I I guess my first question is, why only two games? Is there a rule? Like, is that why? Because they can't do more than two games? And how soon until he has a sit-down you know, with the commissioner of the league. It's gotten to that point because, David, to your point, he is such a big part of this league and the promotion of this game. Yeah, this is a really uh, – this is another in a series of kind of shocking stories. I know Paul Pierce came out and defended him and said that when, when he was uh, attacked in a nightclub, and he was stabbed like a lot. He said that uh, he then carried a gun, and he carried a gun through his career – so he basically said you don't know what the guy is going through and and who he's under threat from or whatever it might be. But, I, you know, it's strange behavior. And, it, you know, it's not the first time that this has come up. You know, there was a there was an incident where he was having a he was he was charges were brought against him by a 17 year old kid who claims that uh, that they were he was playing a pickup game at his house. And he fouled him or something, and then he got punched a few times. They dragged him outside, and John Morant went back in and waved a gun at him. You know, we know the thing with the uh, with the with the, with the uh, Pacers. Pacers staff members get a laser pointing out of the car at them after they got into it with one of his uh, one of his friends. It's just these are scary things, man. And and I mean to go to a strip club and to you know be enjoying yourself and you're going to show your gun it's wouldn't even paul pierce acknowledge the fact that there's a big difference between a professional athlete carrying a weapon for protection or having people around him who are armed for protective purposes and wildly irresponsibly waving a pistol at five in the morning at a strip club i I mean there's a big difference there it it, what's disturbing the most disturbing thing about it is that it's happening amidst all these other incidents so it, it feels like it's heading the wrong way. Yeah. It's one thing after another thing after another thing. It's getting and worse. You're just, you're just worried. Uh, I mean, this is a great player who is capable of having a great life for himself and for those around him, and you just want to make sure that nothing bad happens that would prevent that. So I, I hope in the spirit of the question that, that he will indeed uh, be – taking this seriously and and take it as a cautionary step and consider his livelihood. And, and you know, it doesn't matter how great a player you are if you can't enjoy uh, being able to play on a nightly basis. So a two-game suspension is nothing. I understand that. But I still think that he needs to really do like a deep dive on, on what it is, where this is heading. It's a start. Yeah, It's recognition of there's work that needs to be done. Not only does he have to recognize that, but I think the team, as you point out, and the league have an obligation to if the, if he's if he's hitting pause, then during this time you need to reinforce what is important and what is at stake. If he doesn't realize it, because you're right, this pattern 
has become troubling because it keeps escalating. Yeah, I mean, I really, I really hope that that this is, you know, provides resolution to it, and that he kind of. It's a young man. His, he's a very young guy, and he's got a very bright future. And this is scary stuff. So, I mean, I really hope this is the end of it. And I don't know, you know, I don't know how to. I, I think they're trying to help the guy. I hope they're trying to help him because it seems like he needs a little help. His there. statement at least implied, whether it was prepared, whether it was written for him, but his statement at least implied yes. the acknowledgement that he understands he may have crossed the line here and he may have opened the door to some real change with the, or, or a need for an examination of where he is and why he's making these decisions. So that's that's progress if, in fact, it's genuine. Yeah, I guess nobody will know that until he comes back and maybe we hear from him directly and we start to see changes in his behavior. So, I mean, if you if you were the Memphis Grizzlies, this would be scary stuff and you would do everything humanly possible to make sure that that you got him, you know, whatever help he needs, including security, if that's what it is. But uh, it, it's kind of scary stuff. All right, 312-644-6767. That's the telephone number. It's Mully and Hawn, the score. Mully and Hawn, Chicago Sports Radio, 6-7 of the score. Uh, pretty interesting, the, um, the, whole, uh, the whole Mike Clevenger thing, you know, the way that it kind of um, – uh, the way things kind of have gone with the White Sox, the way they're trying to treat it as a kind of normal investigation that MLB was going through, and then you wait and see, and uh, and you know you just kind of want to know how it's going to go down, and oh he's okay, oh he's been cleared. Well, then it's all about baseball, all right? about baseball, all ball, to the point where Lucas Giolito, yeah. Yesterday on Sunday, pitched, talked about his velocity, talked about his outing, and then obviously asked about Clevenger and said something to the effect of, well, you know what, we're uh, happy with him. Uh, He's going to be out there every fifth day. From a baseball perspective, it makes our club tougher. This is what he had to say from the baseball perspective. Um, Well, yeah, I mean, it's good news for our club because, you know, he'll be in our rotation and be able to help us win games. Um, But... Yeah, I mean, that's kind of what we were waiting for, just for the MLB, MLBPA, the joint, uh, you know, committee or to, to, you know, do their investigation, come to the conclusion, they came to the conclusion, and now we go from there. Is it a distraction in any way, or do you think it still could be, or? I don't see it that way. Yeah, I mean, we, you know, we, we handle our business in here. We take, we take care of what we need to take care of, and do our best to block outside noise. You know, that's that's part of being a player. So, yeah. Okay. okay. So, yeah. so that's him talking about the baseball implications. And then he came back because it was sounding a little bit maybe, I don't know, tone deaf. Is that too strong, Molly? I don't think it's too strong, but I think that it's the – I would say that it's the tone the White Sox are trying to send out, which, of course, is tone deaf. Well, Well put. Because that's exactly what he feared. So he sought out Daryl Van Scowen of the Sun-Times after that because Lucas Giolito is one of the more thoughtful professional athletes we have in Chicago. And he said, according to Daryl's Twitter feed, an apologetic Lucas Giolito said he's not happy with how he answered the question about Clevenger minutes after coming off the field in the game he pitched. Quote, 
I never, ever intend on downplaying the severity of domestic violence or domestic abuse situations. I obviously answered the question strictly from a baseball clubhouse competition point of view, and it was insensitive the way that I answered it. Lucas Giolito, end of quote. Yeah, um, so I think that this is the trick bag that the Sox have put every player, every every member of the organization, every person outside the organization that comments on it. I think they've put everyone in kind of this trick bag because they have proclaimed that it's over now and there's no more questions about it. So, you know, again, I, I don't know what the undercurrent of that is, but I, I would say that, you know, it's not hard to read between the lines and, and say to yourself, you know, Major League Baseball doesn't really care about women. Major League Baseball doesn't care about your wife, your daughters, your mother, whatever. They want you to just be concentrating on the game. And look, it's quicker this year. <laughs> if they're not addressing this and if they aren't skilled enough of, of communication, uh, communicators on the south side to have a statement crafted that that shows that they do understand both sides of this story that's very disappointing because of what you just said it leaves a bad impression and this is not just a baseball equation that's naive that's also offensive to think that after all of this that these allegations uh, from one woman then from several women are just dismissed to the point where they have they have no comment even after the investigation found you know no reason to discipline Mike Clevenger does that mean that everything's fine now silence says that it suggests that but i think we both know better and i think everyone probably uh ha- i'm very curious to how the white Sox are viewing this and i think that Lucas Giolito coming back to make sure that he wasn't maybe misread is very interesting to me because I do wonder how players who are, you know, human beings that understand how this all works, I'm really curious what they think about how this all went down and where they are now with it. The White Sox invited this. They created this. Now they've got nothing to say? Yeah, the, the um, you know, uh, Clevenger uh, did say, I'm pleased that MLB has concluded its investigation. I had nothing to hide hide and cooperated fully with Major League Baseball. This situation has been stressful for my family, and I thank them for their strength and support. I asked everyone not to rush to judgment until MLB's investigation was concluded, and I appreciate everyone who had faith in me, including the White Sox organization and my teammates. I'm looking forward to the 2023 season and helping the White Sox win a championship this year. So, um... So he tells you that the that the organization and his teammates had faith in him. Okay, so this is what I wonder, and that's that's great. I, I, I crafted. I, I saw that statement yesterday, and it's part of every story this morning. Yes. If you are a member of the White Sox organization in the front office, are you now satisfied with the degree to which Major League Baseball concluded its investigation? The fact that they found nothing to lead to a disciplinary uh, action or whatever the case may be? Or are you now free in your mind to do your own investigation in ways that maybe you were limited before because of MLB's involvement? Out of curiosity, just for peace of mind, do you want to do these things yourself? 
to to to. Uh, I mean, do I want them to do it, or do they? No, want to I'm, do it? I'm curious. They it, want to move on and not answer another question about the situation. Mike Clevenger is a starting pitcher for the White Sox. He'll be on the mound every five days, and that is their conclusion because MLB has concluded it, and they came out and said we will not be commenting on the matter again. In other words. When you talk about Mike Clemenger, only do so in baseball terms. Great slider. If you feel bad about it afterward, yeah. then if you can issue your own, oh, I take domestic violence seriously. That was that was Lucas Giolito unhappy with himself because he felt that he did not address the elephant because in the room. Because he reduced it to baseball terms. Because that's what the team's done. That's what the team has done. That's what they want from him. And that's what they, and that's what they want from do. you, David yeah. Law. Yeah, I know. And me. I know. And Dustin, in particular, no, all of us. Nothing to see here. That's right. Nothing to Move talk along. about here. Move so along. So I'm asking the question only because I am, I'm projecting myself into that equation, and that's probably a dumb thing to do. But if I were in the White Sox front office, I would be the guy in the room who would be asking the question as everyone else wants to move on. It's like, are we sure that we're good with this? Do we trust the investigative arm of MLB to the point where aren't you wondering – Yourself, how they reach this conclusion? Do they get a copy of the report? I'm Are sure they, they do. See, do they see I'm sure they do. Said? But come on, if I give you a copy of a report that I am there, my my, my uh, account of something or someone I talk to, don't you want to know for yourself if you can? I, I think you would. I think I would. There's curiosity there. I think the White Sox have told you they don't care. They've told you they don't care. They they support. MLB's and, and, and I know people are on the, uh, the text line is like, okay, you guys need to get off this, whatever. Uh, okay, fine. We're reacting to this because it, it, it's it's bothersome that it has been reduced to just this baseball conversation. There's more to it than that. We're gonna we're gonna get back to it, but we're gonna bring okay. in Mark next. Good. We're gonna talk some combine. We'll go over. Uh, some of the extraordinary performances at the Combine and what it means for the Chicago Bears. Mark Rohde joins us next. Mullion Hall on the score. Bears. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Oh, oh, oh. 
Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.